For John Falker, it all began with a phone call that interrupted a vacation. I was on a ski trip, and I was on top of the mountain in Switzerland, and my phone rang. John is head of threat intelligence at a cybersecurity firm called Trellix, and the call that came in was from the Dutch police department. John used to work on cyber cases with them. And they were like, hey, John, uh, we can't tell you what it is, but we need your help. Yeah, we're planning something pretty significant. They refused to reveal anything more. So I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll have the team call you later. So um, I hung on my phone and I went skiing. And then um, a day later, the phone rang and then we were invited to uh, a session. A session. He means a secret briefing. We had to go physically to the office. We had to sign an NDA and then they told us, look, this is what it is. And what it was, was the Dutch piece of an international operation aimed at dismantling a dark web marketplace, something called Genesis. It was an invitation-only online bazaar, full of stolen credentials. Members could buy logins, passwords, IP addresses, and essentially browse the website to get what they needed to break into millions of compromised systems around the world. It's called the Genesis Market and is considered to be one of the world's biggest online criminal operations. Law enforcement's takedown effort had a decidedly less biblical name than Genesis. They called it Operation Cookie Monster. The time has come for this cookie! And the reason why they came up with that name? Because all the passwords and details Genesis stole from those computers are commonly known as, you guessed it, Cookies. Cookies? Yes, me accept. Me click yes, cookies. Yes, cookies. They are the little digital fingerprints saved on your computer that tells Netflix or a corporate network or a financial institution that you are you. And the Genesis Marketplace was selling those things. Like you have your credit card details, your passwords, your usernames your browser cookies, your screen resolution, anything that is stored on your computer that identifies you as you was siphoned off and sold. I'm Dina Temple-Raston, and this is Click Here, a podcast about all things cyber and intelligence. Today, we take a look at Operation Cookie Monster, The FBI and Justice Department say it's a departure from traditional cybercriminal takedowns because the enforcement action wasn't about individual hackers. It was focused on the infrastructure that supports them in cyberspace. Those do-it-yourself hacking tools Genesis was selling allowed just about anyone to buy everything they needed to launch a cyber attack. No coding skills required, which allows far more people to launch far more attacks. The success is not only going to be measured in the form of an ultimate prosecution, but in what is the activity that we can disrupt and what's the harm we can prevent. Stay with us. If you're looking for a daily guide to cybersecurity news and policy, sign up for the Cyber Daily from Recorded Future News. It serves up the day's most interesting and important cyber stories from our sister publication, The Record, and then aggregates all of the big cyber stories you might have missed from news outlets around the world. Just go to therecord.media and click on Cyber Daily to get all you need to know about the world of cybersecurity right in your inbox. 
Hello, I'm Adam Fleming from the Global Story podcast from the BBC World Service. We are looking at Lena Khan, the face of the US government's battle to regulate big tech. She's already redefined the way we talk about monopolies. Now she's taking on the likes of Amazon and Meta. But who is she and will she win? The Global Story brings you fresh takes and smart perspectives from BBC journalists around the world. Find us wherever you get your BBC podcasts. Operation Cookie Monster was more than four years in the making. That John Fokker phone call on the slopes in Switzerland was about helping the Dutch police target Genesis. And they called John because... Because we've had physical presence on the marketplace and we knew what was going on and it's been around since 2018. John and his team at Trellix were inside the Genesis marketplace. In fact, they'd been on a kind of digital stakeout there for more than a year. They were trying to understand what made them tick and trying to prevent cyber attacks they were facilitating before they actually happened. Lurking there inside the marketplace, they watched as the group steadily added hundreds of thousands of stolen credentials. There were logins and passwords from financial institutions, an energy company, everything you could think of, all neatly displayed on a kind of dashboard where fraudsters could browse, buy, and eventually launch attacks. So you can imagine when John met with Dutch police and found out that they were going to take Genesis down. And what went through your head when they said it's Genesis? I was like, it's about time. (laughs) The Genesis marketplace had been trading on a truism of human nature, our tendency towards laziness. And Genesis administrators saw a business opportunity buried in the fact that while most everyone knows they should update their passwords and use multi-factor authentication, a lot of us can't be bothered. It takes time to use a one-time password generator or to look up an access badge or to fish that fob out of your pocket. And let's be honest, if you're just buying a quick book on Amazon or picking a movie to stream on Netflix, all that extra security seems a little extreme. So instead, we just check that little box. The one that says, remember me on this device. And that's when things get complicated. Or whenever you click that, Guess what? A cookie gets installed on your device. A cookie, that small file used by a web server that allows outside websites to identify you. And that cookie, that little digital fingerprint, was what Genesis was stealing from computers around the world and then selling on the dark web. But they also did this other thing. They also sold lots of other identifying information, like IP addresses or a computer's location or even your computer's screen resolution settings. And if a fraudster was using those things too, well, it meant you could impersonate someone online in an incredibly convincing way, which meant that Genesis was selling something very important in the hacking world, access. The criminal underworld calls it an access broker. And since you can't really steal anything or launch a ransomware attack until you get into a system, access is pretty important. All the firewalls and protections people use these days to prevent bad guys from getting into their systems, people who sell access are really good at getting around all those things. Think about it like that laser beam field in the museum in Ocean's 12. How did you get by the laser field in the Great Hall? Aha, the laser fields. You may remember the scene. This master criminal wants to steal a rare Fabergé egg, and to do that, He needs to get through museum security, which is a field of moving laser beams. And he basically flips and dances his way around the beams of light until he's in. 
access brokers do a much less graceful version of that. They use a tool to scan the network for vulnerabilities. Maybe they poke around, send some phishing emails until someone, somewhere, falls for it. And then once the adversaries are in, they want to stay in and get more logins and passwords, maybe some credit card information, or maybe the password to the account at work. Basically, anything that's stored on that computer. Genesis's special sauce was that they had a kind of turbo package. If you bought their cookies, they'd throw in an evil browser, which made breaking in even easier. So they had a stripped version of Chrome. Chrome, like Google Chrome. Uh, and they had a plugin as well, which is a browser extension that did all the bad stuff. And it was literally a couple of JavaScript files and very nicely programmed, if you look at it, because it was literally siphoning off everything. Because it was hidden in a trusted Google Chrome browser, it didn't trip an alarm. It allows anyone who uses their browser to dance past a laser field of firewalls and virus protection software. They could have free reign. There was no control. And the cost of entry was really low. Like some credentials cost under a dollar. Others went for a couple of hundred dollars. The more access and the fresher it is, the more the price was. So that was like, then we're raised to about $200 what I saw. Wow. For one, one, For one user, yes. And Genesis claimed that its customers could do all this illegal dark web stuff without worrying about the cops. That's why the marketplace was invitation only, they said. And it had quite a strict control also. So you couldn't get in just by signing up. You need to get vetted in. Meaning invited. Invited, yes. You need to get an invite from an actual member. John wouldn't reveal exactly how his team got into Genesis. But whatever it was, they ended up spending more than a year watching the group do its thing. And now you see new things being offered. You see the cadence of the refresh and the amount of accounts. It, I was actually surprised because ultimately they have something like the showroom, which had about 450K different types of browser fingerprints or whatever you want to call it. And that was only the inventory that John and his team could see on the shelves. According to law enforcement, Genesis had another million stolen credentials sitting in their digital back room. They only had the flashy stuff on display. So they were just had the best in their showroom? I guess so, or they just always want to keep uh, the shelves stocked with fresh stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. When we come back, a global takedown. In dozens of countries internationally, more than 130 arrests now have taken place. Synchronized activity, searches, arrests, synchronized dance, if you will. Stay with us. Politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Traditionally, cybercrime fighting was about targeting individual hackers or specific groups. Investigators focused on the people, not the tools that allowed them to operate. But Lisa Monaco, the U.S. Deputy Attorney General, said their takedown of Genesis was a bank shot that did both. Hobbling the Genesis marketplace allowed law enforcement to take JV hackers and wannabes out of the game because it became harder for them to buy the tools they needed to launch the attacks in the first place. 
what you saw here is us going after the enablers, the facilitators, the engine that allows so many people to enter into the online criminal marketplace in what has become, or what became before it was disrupted, basically a criminal bazaar. Take away initial access, prêt-à-porter ransomware packages, and you begin to take people off the cyber criminal field. You limit the damage unskilled hackers can do. Monaco says the focus is on prevention. Every morning, the attorney general and I meet with the FBI director and his senior team and their senior cyber team, and we talk about what disruptive action we may be planning. And this isn't just a U.S. strategy. International law enforcement has adopted it, too. And every time we're having that discussion, a, a critical feature of that discussion is what are our international partners doing? And what will they be able to do on the same day, at the same moment in time, when we take our actions? Big, splashy criminal takedowns usually start with a criminal's mistake. And it could just be one mistake. And then we find Bill Hall is the assistant deputy chief for litigation in the computer crime and intellectual property section at the Justice Department. And as a general proposition, you know, bad guys often have to be right 100% of the time. You know, if they mess up somewhere in the chain of trying to hide themselves, that provides us an opportunity to be able to really identify who they are. And so those types of moments often are very exciting. Bill worked the Genesis case alongside the FBI's cyber unit and dozens of international partners. And he says because members of Genesis weren't as careful as they should have been, investigators were able to link an email address with one of the domain's website addresses. In general, when people are, you know, committing cybercrime, they're obviously not using their real email address or their own personal email. But in this instance, we found the same email address being used to register two domains. And one of the domains had privacy protection in place. Good cyber hygiene there. But there was a hiccup. Privacy protection services cost something. You pay a monthly or a yearly fee. Kind of like years ago when you paid the phone company not to list your number in a phone book. If you forgot to pay for the service, your unlisted number would go back in the book. That's sort of what happened to Genesis. And so for one of the domain names associated with the infrastructure, we had a registered email for it that we were able to observe after the privacy protection had expired. And then this was the same registered email that had been in, associated with part of the infrastructure. We were able to connect two and two together because of that. And then there was this other thing that Genesis did that ended up helping authorities. The marketplace administrators had this crazy obsession with order. So crazy, they cataloged and organized all the credentials they'd stolen so anyone browsing the aisles could find what they were looking for. Looking for credentials for a financial institution? No problem, scroll down. Interested in hacking a particular company or region of the world? Want to focus on a country? Genesis made finding what you wanted easy. In order to have a good shop, you need to have good administration, and that's a double-edged sword. It goes both ways. It's good for your own business. You can scale up. That's why they had such a nice store. But John Falker says that convenience helps law enforcement, too. It's, it's, it's nice forensic accounting for the law enforcement side. Which simplified a lot of other things about the investigation. Things like jurisdiction, getting cooperation from local authorities, and working within different legal frameworks. Genesis's precision in displaying what they had stolen 
meant that the cops knew exactly where to look to build their case. So if you bought those, you knew it was going to give you the standing you needed for a case. Yeah, you know the victims. Right, and you know which ones you should buy if you're the Dutch police versus the U.S. Exactly. The FBI ended up buying over 100 stolen credentials from the market, some of which happened to involve computers that were sitting in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They also identified 11 website addresses that were associated with the Genesis market. And all that went into a criminal complaint. We went to the court in the Eastern District of Wisconsin and sought warrants to seize those domains. Which set the stage for what would happen next, the takedown. Come to the door! It's dawn in Grimsby, England, and this is actual video of an arrest as it unfolded back in April. Police are leading a young man in his 30s out of a modest, unremarkable house in Lincolnshire. Authorities said later that the man had been arrested on suspicion of fraud and computer misuse. And he was one of some two dozen people arrested in the UK that morning. But law enforcement didn't just move in physically. They did it virtually, too. As hackers were handcuffed and led away, cyber teams around the world were taking over web addresses, seizing computers, freezing accounts. The UK National Crime Agency was behind that arrest in Grimsby. The prosecutor's office in Estonia, Finland's National Bureau of Investigation, Europol, dozens of others were simultaneously rolling up people in their jurisdictions with some link to Genesis. More than 130 arrests now have taken place. This is Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco again. And she said the number of arrests will keep climbing. The investigation is ongoing. Though there is a caveat. Have administrators been arrested? I, my sense was that it was more um, customers in the market. A lot of, a lot of customers, um, a lot of users, and a lot of knowledge that we've gained in what is an ongoing operation. A takedown notice appeared on the Genesis front page the day Operation Cookie Monster launched. It showed a hooded FBI agent working at a computer. This website has been seized, the notice read. And then it had a little postscript, a little message to anyone who might have signed on, unaware of what had just happened. Been active on Genesis Market, it read. In contact with Genesis Market administrators? Email us. We're interested. And then there was a helpful FBI email address. So have people responded? Well, part of the point is to let folks know they should be looking over their shoulder. You can't assume that your credentials uh, are out there safe, and the criminals who are using them shouldn't assume that they're safe. This is Click Here. some of the top cyber and intelligence stories of the past week. Cyber criminals saw one of their favorite credit card verification services shuttered last week, and its alleged mastermind, a Russian citizen named Denis Kolkov, was indicted in a U.S. federal court. Kolkov allegedly created the Try to Check service in 2005. The idea was to give cyber criminals a way to determine if stolen credit card numbers were valid. Get a validated number, you get a higher price. Try to check charges 20 cents per card check. Kolkoff is thought to have pocketed some $18 million from the scheme. 
the U.S. said it had worked with German, Austrian, and French authorities to take the surface down. Denmark's Security and Intelligence Service has warned that its decision to expel Russians last year for spying while under diplomatic cover could result in a new wave of undercover operations. They worry spies will pretend to be journalists or business people. In its annual assessment of the espionage threat, Denmark's Security and Intelligence Service, or PET, said foreign states were using a range of methods to spy on and influence the country. It said it was aware of several foreign cases where private companies and NGOs with more or less direct ties to the Russian government are engaged in intelligence activities. And finally, a U.S. federal judge sentenced former Uber chief security officer Joe Sullivan to three years probation after a jury convicted him of attempting to cover up a 2016 security incident at Uber. After a separate incident in 2014, the FTC had told Uber that it needed to report all of its breaches. But instead of doing that, after Sullivan discovered hackers had stolen the personal data of some 57 million customers, he paid the two hackers $100,000 and made them sign non-disclosure agreements. He justified the payments by calling them a bug bounty. Prosecutors said Sullivan took deliberate steps to conceal, deflect, and mislead the Federal Trade Commission about the breach. In addition to his three-year probation, Sullivan will have to pay a $50,000 fine, do community service, and will have restrictions on his travel. I'm Dina Temple-Raston, and I'm the executive producer and host of the show. Sean Powers is our senior producer and marketing director, and Will Jarvis is our producer. Sarah Wyman is our writer-reporter. And this show was mastered by Gabriella Glitt. Our editing team is led by Karen Duffin and Lou Olkowski. Darren Ancrum does our fact-checking. And our theme and original music compositions are by Ben Levingston. We also use music from Blue Dot Sessions. And we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review and rating wherever you get your podcasts, or send us an email at clickhere at recordedfuture.com. Check out our website with details about our shows and our whole show catalog at clickhereshow.com. That's a wrap for this week. I'm Dina Temple-Raston. We'll be back on Tuesday. Looking for more of the cybersecurity and intelligence coverage you get on Click Here? Then check out our sister publication, The Record, from Recorded Future News. You'll get breaking cyber news from reporters in New York, Washington, London, and Kiev, among others. And you'll see for yourself why it attracts hundreds of thousands of page views every month. Just go to therecord.media.